Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, back here on the Big Show. Got the win and wine line coming up here at uh, 540, and then we'll check in and find out exactly what Mikey Adams is doing as well. But we're switching things around this week. Danny Ainge got up early in the morning, and he was on with DNC. And here in the afternoon, Doc Rivers joins us. Uh, I believe he's out in Sacramento. Doc, how you doing? Still in San Francisco, Glenn. Well, good for you. I was going to say, yeah, you got you to gotta milk San Francisco for as long as, as you can. As long as you can. I was going to say, if you had your choice between Frisco I mean, and Sacramento, you made the right choice. Yeah, you can coach. work that. I mean, you got a, you got a Warriors game. You got a Kings game. You can practice in Sacramento and then go back to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, listen, that would not be a bad call there. <laughs> All right, can you verify for us, because Angel's not returning our phone calls right now, no deal today at all? No, very quiet, very quiet. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel good about that. I uh, didn't think we'd do much. You know, obviously, uh, you know, there was talk, uh, but nothing ever surfaced, to be honest. Uh, we were looking for another big if we can get one. Um, but, you know, I think uh, you guys have been around sports long enough to know that teams aren't just heading out bigs right now. So there's really nothing out there. Did you? Did any of your players come up to you, Doc, and and talk about the trading deadline? Express any kind of 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 uneasiness, anxiety as we got to be a week no, away I'll or two or three you, days it away? Was, uh, I think it was a little more last year. This year is nothing. Um, I, our guys last night played. Uh, we didn't play well, but we won a basketball game on the road. When you don't play well, that's good. Uh, other than that, really, it was nothing. Um, I thought guys were really calm about the trade deadline. Maybe they knew more than we knew. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, you could tell everybody was pretty much at ease. One of the big names for the last month has been uh, Rajon Rondo, and you came out and said, hey, look, I'm tired of it. He's going to be a Celtic. It's not fair. And, and you said, you, you, I think your quote was, I'm tired of this stuff. And I think it probably started with the story that came out from the film session when he uh, either threw the water bottle or threw the uh, the glass of iced tea or whatever at the at the at the video machine. And once that story was out, I said, oh, we're going to hear this all year long because that story just took on a life of its own. Do you think that's how it all started? I have no idea. Uh, You know, usually, honestly, I know Chris Rashard broke it and. He's usually pretty professional about stuff like that. He would call Danny or me or ask, and he didn't. And, uh, you know, only thing, uh, the problem I had with that whole thing was I don't mind when stories are out there and they're true. I mean, they're true, uh, so you just have to deal with them. Uh, when they're untrue or uh, – and then, you know, you you create a story and then you you report on the story you created, that bothers me because that takes a life of its own. And, and it kind of did. Uh, you know, it's funny, though. I, I'd say this, the Gasol's uh, – rumor upset me actually more i just didn't say anything about it because it was the first one uh because that that one was we hadn't this the first time i'd ever heard about it was on espn 
<laughs> you know, and so when you hear that kind of stuff, that that does bother you. KG, uh, you move him to the five, and obviously he's presenting a real mismatch, I think, because he's bringing big guys out to the perimeter when you guys are on offense. I know it wasn't by design, but it's worked out pretty well for you, and certainly he's playing great. It really has, and sometimes, you know, you, you kick yourself over decisions you make as a coach, and you know, um, when we got together before the season started, I um, and one of my coaches reminds me of this constantly, I sold to our coaching staff that KG is a five and that uh, I thought that uh, our better lineup would be KG and Brandon. Uh, but then I just never followed through on what I saw. Um, you know, you kind of looked at the size and said, let's stay with size and have KG at four, and as the year went on, I kept saying it over and over again. And then after All-Star break, um, I told our, our staff, no matter if Chris, J.O., whoever comes back, we're going with this lineup. Uh, I think it gives us the best chance to win. Uh, it gives us more speed. Uh, it gives us more firepower. And I thought it would make Rondo better uh, because now you have two shooting bigs on the floor, and they can't zone us up as much as teams try to do. And it's worked out very well. There are a couple nights that are tough for KG. You know, playing Bynum, I'm glad he's in the West, so we don't have to deal with that guy. Yeah, but, uh, but there aren't a lot Ryan of those. Howard is tough. Uh, Hibbert, Roy Hibbert at Indiana is a tough matchup because they're big and heavy, and those are the guys that bother Kevin the most. Yeah, as you said, there aren't a lot of those guys anymore. But for all that you have to give up at the defensive end, it's amazing how it's working at the offensive end because it seems to be opening up a lot of space for everybody else inside. Oh, it really is. You know, teams, the way they play us, and you've seen it, you know, when you have a sh- uh, point guard that doesn't have, is not a great shooter, and then you have an, any other big on the floor that is not a, a, uh, a great shooter, then they literally zone up your team with two guys. And, uh, guys, that's, that's hard to score, and it's even harder to score in the playoffs. It's, I think you can get away with it some in the regular season. Uh, it makes it difficult to score points in the playoffs when you have two guys basically just zoning up your entire team. Uh, when you take one of those guys off the floor, uh, then in essence the only one guy that can do it is the point, and that's tough to do. And that's why Rondo's been so effective as well. Did you have to sell KG on playing the five? You know what? I didn't. I didn't ask. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, uh, we came back, and I just said, hey, this is our lineup, and this is what we're doing. Um, and Kevin, I, I give him credit. I mean, I don't know if he liked it or not. I know he didn't at first. Uh, he didn't say a word about it. He just played, and that's why you love KG. He just does what you ask him to do. Uh, I did tell him I thought it was good for the team, and once he thinks it's good for the team, it doesn't matter. If he's a point guard, he'll play. Now, you mentioned some of the centers in the league. The the one guy we all talk about is Dwight Howard, and I've just been following this situation, Doc, the last yeah. few weeks. And I'm wondering, just from a coach's perspective, do you ever think – how you would handle that situation? I mean, you coach in that city, you live in that city. How would you handle? I don't know. I, I tell you, I think Stan Van Gundy's been fantastic. Um, you know, if I had to vote for coach of the year, I'd actually vote for Stan. Uh, if if you go through all the, the stuff that he, he's had to deal with, I don't know how you get that team, and he's done it, to play when you, one of your players keeps saying he doesn't want to be there. You know, um, and then you hear that part of the reason I want to be there is you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> uh, and I don't know if that's true or not, but then you hear all that stuff. And I love what Stan said yesterday. I mean, if you're going to fire me, would you please just do it? <laughs> you know, I, I got a kick out of that. But I tell you, it's a tough situation. 
Um, no one's wrong in this. I just hate that it's handled so publicly. I didn't think it needed to be done. You know, Dwight Howard has a right to be a free agent, you know, and so did LeBron James. And that's one thing I've always uh, never shied away from. I don't – that's – that's nothing wrong with that. You know, we do it in business. People do it in business all the time, and it's not a big deal. Um, but it's how you handle it, and I don't know if that's been handled the best uh, by Dwight. Uh, but I'm glad, you know, I'm glad for the league that he's staying there. Yeah, but he's staying there for an extra year, and if you're staying, you're going, you're going to go through the same mess next year, all yeah, year long. The first thing know? I thought is, oh, my gosh, they have to do this thing all over again. Yeah. Um, now for another year through the whole summer. My guess is they're going to do whatever they can do um, to get them to sign the, uh, a longer deal this summer. I think the way I look at this, it gives management time to bring in pieces that will make Dwight say, you know what, this is the place I want to be. Um, and then if they don't pull that off, then you know, if Dwight leaves, he can say, I gave you a chance to build the team that I wanted to build. Uh, you didn't do that now, Lee. You talked about winning last night's game. Uh, you won last night's game because you were the more talented team, and probably the other team went through a, a, a trade the day before. But certainly you didn't get a tremendous effort out there, a great defensive effort. How do you play it from here till the end of the year? You know how it works. You get to the playoffs. You're not going to be playing the back-to-backs, not going to have the heavy travel. You've got the veteran team. That's where they have a better shot. But you got to get them rested and ready to play for the playoffs. How do you balance it here, Doc? Well, you do with minutes. You know, I, I'm careful with Kevin's minutes. Some nights you go over that, and some nights you go under. Uh, he's really the only guy that I really watch his minutes. Uh, is Kevin uh, right now? Our bench is giving us, especially at the guard positions, with Avery uh, and 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 Pietras have been. Uh, Michael Pietras last night won the game for us. Uh, He's been fantastic, and when he plays well, that gives Ray and Paul rest as well. So the way I look at this season for us is uh, with the size that we are, we have to figure out the most effective way of being a big team, you know, with Brandon and, and, and Kevin and being a small team when we go small in every game. We have to figure out the right rhythm, uh, the right amount of minutes to do that, and, and we just got to keep getting better uh, as a group that we are. Uh, as far as rest, yeah, I'm gonna. There'll probably be a couple games if if we can get a cushion that I'm gonna sit guys uh, because I at the end of the day you both know for us to be successful in the playoffs we have to be healthy and I think we probably have the smallest margin of error uh, of the eight teams with injury one injury for us uh, with our top seven guys uh, that that's a disaster and we know that. I've heard you say on, on several occasions that Rondo is one of the smartest players that you've coached. How does that how does that play out? Is that just knowledge of plays? Is he is he seeing it's things? It's all that. It's it's knowledge of plays. It's feel. Um, you know, it's it's knowledge of the other team's stuff. Um, I mean, even the play last night. You know, people don't little plays. You, you remember the second left in the game. Half the players in the league would have tried to inbounds that ball right in front of the bench. And Rondo knew exactly. If I throw the ball full court, they have no timeouts. Uh, even if they steal it, there's nothing they can do with the ball. Uh, and, and, you know, it was only one second, but I was sitting there thinking, I could see what he was doing right away. And there's just very few players that can think the game in, in the game as well as he can. Um, and it's just a gift that he has. And it's, it's remarkable. It gets him in trouble. 
at times. You know, he gets frustrated at times because of his knowledge and his frustration takes him out of the game. It happened last night. Um, late in the game, we came out of a timeout, and I won't say names, but back-to-back plays, two guys messed up the play. Uh, Ronda was furious, and I really thought that's why Nate got the next layup because he just couldn't, you know, I always I tell the guys, get past Matt is, is a statement I use that Chuck Daly used to use. I say it all the time. He couldn't get past it. He was so upset at the previous play, he couldn't move on to the next play when we needed it. And that's where his intelligence gets him in trouble, but I'd rather have that than not. And you, you've said about Rondo, you know, okay, he's, he's, one of these, he's one of these smart guys, but you also said his, your relationship with him is better than it's ever been before. What was the turning point? What, what happened where you guys said, okay, we've got we've to be better than this? Was there a low point that got you to a high point? Well, I don't know if there's ever a low point or a high point. I just think it's just continued growth. Uh, I think he's matured more. I've gotten to know him better. Uh, and, you know, we've both made conscious efforts of that. Uh, I, I understand him more. I mean, he's an emotional kid still, and he's going to do some things that will drive you nuts. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know it's not intentional. Uh, he, he comes in. We've had, we have unbelievable talks uh, personally, not just about basketball. And I think that's where it's improved. It's more about, you know, growing up as a person in this environment and um so i think that's where it's all started uh but at the end of the day it comes down to trust i think uh uh, we have a a great trust and i think that's the whole key i heard you talking i think it was last night about you're in a this team is in a much different place than it was a while ago where there was some frustration and michael and i talked every once in a while about you'd watch a game and you know paul would be out there on his own for the first five plays and then rondo would do something the night before on his own was there a disconnect with all of these guys were they all trying to do it individually for a while because it does look different out there now yeah you know uh glenn i'm not sure what it is you know uh i don't know how you get uh chemistry I just know you work on it every day, and when you get it, you, you try to hold on to it. Um, I do think this has happened. I think our guys have become patient with each other again. And I think when teams are together, the longer they're together, the more impatient they become of each other because they know each, everybody's faults. Like and w- so, wives and husbands, right? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same thing. And, wow. uh, you know, so for whatever reason, Guys have forgiven each other for those faults, and they, they're, they're really patient with each other. Last night, uh, we've had a couple. Every night, you know, and our resolve is better now. People get past it. They move on. You know, when Ray does something that drives uh, Rondo Paul and Kevin crazy, right now they're saying, well, that's just Ray. Instead of, there he goes again. That's what he does. Or Paul or Kevin does it. It doesn't matter, and it's been great. I think Brendan, uh, guys have really become patient with him. Um, he understands for the first time in his career when people get on him, uh, it's not personal. And I thought early on he, it was tough for him. You know, he made a mistake. And you know, our team's a, a verbal team, and I want them to be. But new guys can't handle that. And they certainly can't handle the way Kevin tells them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's so <laughs> much care, so, <laughs> so much restraint. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and he, I try to tell all of them, Kevin's only telling you the truth. Uh, don't listen to the delivery. Listen to the words. You know, listen to what he's actually saying. Well, maybe not the uh, words. But that's yeah. easier said than done. Or, yeah, or just, like, just sub out some of the words. And just <laughs> take them down. Take them from, from R to, to, to PG or G. 
Uh, you, yeah, he you, didn't have that in his uh, makeup, I can tell you that. <laughs> you, you have watched uh, more college basketball than we have. We always see you at these Duke games. Uh, who's yeah, gonna, I'm going to win the brackets this year, i got a feeling. Well, who's going who's gonna to win it? Now, I can't say because it may be not Duke, and I don't want to upset my son. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how, how about a by, group? by the way, Holly has Harvard in the national championship yeah. game. They're yeah. already down by ten at halftime. Eleven Andy. down by eleven, but uh, you know, be patient. Be yeah, patient. Be patient. They're they're a second half team. There you <laughs> go. So you have a group of four teams at least. So how about that? That that gives you a little bit of a buffer. You don't have to pick one. Well, uh, I'll give you a lot of teams. Uh, Duke's very good. How about that? Kentucky is really really good. I think they have the, the most talent, but beatable. I think they have the most talent. Uh, I think North Carolina. And I, uh, here's a sleeper. Uh, and it may be uh, personal, too, but I think Missouri is a sleeper. You know, I, I think, not, not a sleeper. I think they can make it to the Final Four, and I don't think a lot of people think they can. Part of that is Philip Pressey. You remember Paul Pressey was one of my assistants and in Cleveland, and uh, I know him, but I, I really think they're good enough to make it. We were talking about this earlier. Could you imagine – NBA playoffs, a one-game elimination. If they lined up the brackets and it was one and eight in each one of the conferences, can you imagine the upsets that would happen? Well, I think they should do it every year. I, I've, I've actually told the commissioner that uh, in the middle of the season. I think they should have a uh, NCAA tournament in the middle of the season every year, just uh, throughout, not even one through eight. The, the entire league split them up and uh, going by record. Uh, each team plays, and, and you play to the championship, and then that's your midseason winner. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty a lot of fun. All right, that's not going to happen. Now it's time for the Mercedes-Benz question for the coach. Well, for the coach, our question today is brought to you by your local Boston-area Mercedes-Benz dealers and the complete lineup of Mercedes-Benz formatic all-wheel drive vehicles. Visit mbusa.com to schedule a test drive today. The question is, What's the development of Tyrone Liu as a coach? We see him sitting behind the bench. We see you talking to him. You started talking to him a lot last night. Uh, what, what's his role, and how has he uh, come along here? I tell you guys, I, I really believe he'll be a head coach and, and a good one. Uh, I think there's certain guys that just have a feel uh, for the game and a feel for people, and Ty has both of those things. And uh, he's really – you know, I brought him in right away, right when he retired, and I told him, when I coach him in Orlando, because you just feel like some of the guys you coach can be a coach. Um, and I told him, whenever you retire, you have a job. Just call me, and you'll be on my bench. And right when he decided to retire, he called. And he's been with me ever since. And um, I really think the first thing a player has to do is realize he's no longer a player and, and actually want to coach. And I, took a, I thought it took Ty a year to do that. Now he really is into it. Uh, guys love him, and I think he's going to be a heck of a coach. I know this has been brought up with you before, and I want to bring it up again before we close out. And People were shocked, obviously, when you came right out at the press conference after the uh, playoff game and said, I'm coming back and I'm going to be here. And clearly you could understand it, the genuine affection and love that you have for the for the players, the big three, and, and Rondo and the group that you had established there and won together. But I think a lot of people were questioning, well, what happens when they leave? And we're not that far away from that happening here, Doc. So what was the attraction beyond that that got Danny. you to settle here long-term? Danny? Yeah, it really was. Our relationship. Uh, it was that, uh, the logo, um, and the passion of the city. It, it really was. I, um, You know, listen, guys, you've been in different jobs. You understand when you work with uh, people, uh, the grass is always greener. Clearly, this year I could have set out. 
Uh, could have did TV, could have coached somewhere else, and probably could have made even more money. Yep. Uh, but I wouldn't have been working with the people that I work with. And when you find someone that you have a great relationship with and that you can work with, uh, that you can have disagreements, I mean, just drag out disagreements with and then go golf with them, um, it makes your life easier. Um, I love going to work knowing that I can trust the guy that I work for. And for me, and, and my wife actually uh, played a huge part in that. Uh, she kept saying, because there were other things, and without going down that road, uh, and she said, all I know is the guy you work for you can trust. And I, I, I knew when you worked the last time, you didn't feel that. And she just kept saying, I don't know if you can get that anywhere else. It made it look good, but that's your call. <laughs> you know, she... You know, my wife paints the picture and then backs out and makes me make the decision. <laughs> so, in other words, she makes the decision. <laughs> Come on, man. She makes the call. You know what? I, I hear everything you're saying, and yet uh, you look, you're, you've been around a long time, and you know how this works, and you know how everything came together in 08, and that was close to being miraculous based on where the team was, fifth pick overall in the draft. I thought it was one of the greatest turnarounds and, and brilliant move by Danny Ainge that you'll ever see in all of professional sports. And trying to duplicate that, trying to do We're that again? We're not going to duplicate that. Uh, uh, this, this is going to be a harder one. And, you know, listen, Danny's going to have to go through that, and I think I should be there with him. And it's going to be hard. I, I get that. Uh, listen, nobody wants to rebuild. There's, that's no fun. Um, it's hard. Losing is hard. Uh, and when you rebuild, losing – follows if you know what i'm saying oh yeah um but i i told dan i said let's go for it if it doesn't work if if it makes us both unhappy or me unhappy then you know i'll walk away but i want to try it i want to do it again i want to i've been through it twice uh in orlando and we we started getting that turnaround a little bit and then you know grant hill got hurt and uh tracy was tracy um and you know and and we tried it again here in, in boston and you know, we were just so young, but I, I love the relationships that I formed with some of the young guys. I just knew we wasn't good enough to win. And, you know, so let's try it again, see if we can get it right. Tracy was Tracy. What does Tracy. that mean? <laughs> Tracy was Tracy. <laughs> uh, Doc, it was great having you with us here in the afternoon of the Big Show. We'll have to do it again sometime. Oh, we'd love to, guys. Hey, I like doing this. You know why? Why is that? It's later in the day. I don't have to get up so early. This oh. is nice. See, I Thank thought you. you were going to say something nice about Michael no, and no, I. Apparently no, no, no. That's all right. I can't do that. Yeah, that's all right. It's yeah. all about sleeping in. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Doc. Good luck on the rest of the trip. I'll take care, guys. Right, See Doc, you later. See Doc Rivers. Sponsored by ARS Restoration Specialist. If you're a property or a facilities manager or an insurance pro, make sure you have a disaster game plan in place at ARSServe.com. We get the Wiener Wine Line. It's coming up next here in the Big Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.